Good afternoon, people, and welcome to the Word Encounter episode. I believe this is 19. And so we're going to pick up in Exodus chapter 32. So we see that, um, well, at the end of uh, chapter 31 and 18, when Moses finished speaking, or when, when God finished speaking with Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave the two tablets of testimony, uh, stone tablets inscribed by the finger of God. So Moses essentially had the Ten Commandments. And we pick it up in uh, chapter 32. It says in verse 1, When the people saw that Moses delayed in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said to him, Come, make gods for us who will go before us, because this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. So the people are saying this, they're calling him now this Moses. So this Moses dude, he's going to disappear. We don't know where he is. And so we need some gods. So Aaron, you come on, make us some gods. And so in verse 2, Aaron replied to them, Take off the gold rings that are on the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So Aaron is requesting gold from the people. In verse 4, he took the gold from them, fashioned it with an engraving tool, and made it into an image of a calf. Now this is important. This is critical. Because uh, in, in, in Egypt, um, their deities uh, were calf uh, calf objects and, and, and that sort of thing. And so the Israelites were bringing uh, the customs of Egypt with them, essentially. And so uh, we, we go on and we see, um, then they said, uh, they're talking to Aaron, um, Israel, these are your gods who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Actually, they're talking to the rest of the people. So the people that went to Aaron to say, make us these gods, Aaron made them the gods. And they told the people, Israel, these are your gods. And then in verse 5, when Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of it and made an announcement. There will be a festive, a festival to the Lord tomorrow. Early the next morning they arose, offered burnt offerings, and presented fellowship offerings. The people sat down to eat and drink and got up to party. So they got the guys now. They're ready to throw down. They're ready to have their party. In verse 7, the Lord spoke to Moses. Now remember, Moses is still on the mount. Go down at once, for your people you brought up from the land of Egypt have acted corruptly. They have quickly turned from the way I commanded them. So we see the Lord has performed all these miracles. Uh, the, the plagues in Egypt split the sea so the people could walk through, kill the Egyptian army, done all of this stuff. And then he's recognizing they have quickly turned from the way I commanded them. And so in verse 15, uh, Moses turned and went down uh, the mountain with the two tablets of testimony in his hands. They were inscribed on both sides, inscribed front and back. The tablets were the work of God, and the writing was God's writing engraved on the tablets. Then we see in verse 19, As he approached the camp, you saw the calf and the dancing. Moses became enraged and threw the tablets out of his hands, smashing them at the base of the mountain. He took the calf uh, he took the calf they had made, burned it up, and ground it to powder. He scattered the powder over the surface of the water and forced the Israelites to drink the water. Moses was ticked. He's like, I'm leaving you guys to get instructions from the Lord on what we're to do next. And here I am coming back and I see that you've thrown all that we've done out the window. And so here, you want this golden idol? Here, drink it. <clears throat> and so we drop down to verse 25. Moses saw that the people were out of control, for Aaron had let them get out of control, making them a laughingstock among their enemies. And so 
You know, Aaron participated in this. This is Moses' brother. He's the one, he and Moses went and stood before Pharaoh, you know, when they were bringing down the plagues on Egypt. And he's the one that has made them the golden calf. <clears throat> Incredible. On verse 27, he told them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, every man fasten his sword to his side, go back and forth through the camp from entrance to entrance. And each of you kill his brother, his friend, and his neighbor. Verse 28, the Levites did as Moses commanded, and about 3,000 men fell dead that day among the people. And so you see here that Moses has commanded, and I don't think these were just, wasn't just indiscriminate killings. He was essentially saying, go after those who defied the Lord. And I don't know if they were blood, blood, uh, blood brothers or or if this is just a figure of speech, they're just, you know, Israeli brothers or whatever. I don't know. But uh, the Lord's wrath had come down on those who had turned against him. In verse 29, afterward, Moses said, today you have been uh, dedicated to the Lord since each man went against his son and his brother. Therefore, you have brought a blessing on yourselves today. So we see that uh, the men who, execu who executed vengeance uh, on the Lord's behalf uh, became blessed. And so the, the Lord has no tolerance for disobedience. He, he just doesn't. He has grace, but he doesn't have tolerance. And so in verse 31, so Moses returned to the Lord and said, Oh, these people have committed a grave sin. They have made a God of gold for themselves. Now, if you would only forgive their sin, but if not, please erase me from the book you have written. And so Moses is telling God, look, these people, they're horrible. They've done horrible things. But if you're going to wipe them out, take my name out the book. Moses apparently was extremely dedicated to the people, even though they were evil, even though they were demonstrating evil traits. And I shouldn't say all of them, because obviously all of them didn't, but Moses is standing before the Lord, standing up for his people. We go on. Uh, verse 34. Now, go and lead the people to the place I told you about, and see my angel will go before you. But on the day I settle accounts, I will hold them accountable for their sin. And the Lord inflicted a plague on the people for what they did with the calf Aaron had made. And so he's, he's telling Moses, look, I'm not going to wipe everybody out, but those... Those that sinned against me, they're going to be accountable. And I'm going to send them a plague just to let them know that what they did with this golden calf was not cool. And so um, we go on to chapter 33 now. In chapter 33, uh, verse 3, God tells Moses, Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go up with you because you are a stiff-necked people. Otherwise, I might destroy you on the way. And so God has given Moses instructions of what to do, but he says, I can't go with you because, you know, these people, I, I don't want to, I don't want to wipe them out and they may tempt me. And so, uh, that is an interesting commentary. We go on to verse seven. Now Moses took a tent and pitched it outside the camp at a distance from the camp. He called it the tent of meeting. Anyone who wanted to consult the Lord would go to the tent of meeting that was outside the camp. So, so in, 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 uh, back in the day, they had specific places where they had to go meet the Lord. We can just drop to our knees. We can just talk to God, you know, through Jesus. A lot of things have changed. But here, you had to go to a specific place to talk to the Lord. So Moses set up a tent. And in verse 9, when Moses entered the tent, 
the pillar of cloud would come down and remain at the entrance to the tent, and the Lord would speak with Moses. And so when Moses would go into the tent, a pillar, a, a, a cloud would come down on the tent, and that was essentially a signal to the rest of the people that Moses is in the tent talking to the Lord. In verse 11, it says, the Lord would speak with Moses face to face, just as a man speaks with his friend. And that doesn't mean it, this is a face to face is kind of figure of speech here, because we know that um, uh, a man can't look on God without perishing. And so uh, he would he would talk like he would talk with a friend. He would just talk, you know, like they were just having a regular conversation. And so that is what that means. Uh, we go over to verse 18. Then Moses said, please let me see your glory. So he's talking to the Lord. In 19, he said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim the name, the Lord, before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Verse 20. But he added, you cannot see my face. For humans cannot see me and live. The Lord said, here's a place near me. You are to stand on the rock. And when my glory passes by, I will put you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take my hand away and you will see my back. But my face will not be seen. And so the Lord is protecting Moses. <clears throat> and so he said, I'll, I'll let you see some of me, but you cannot see my face. So in chapter 34, uh, the Lord said to Moses, cut two stone tablets like the first ones, and I will write on them the words that were on the first tablets, which you broke. When, and so the Lord's going to replace the tablets that, that Moses threw at the base of the mount. And so uh, we go on uh, again in chapter 34, and all the people, uh, all the people you live among will see the Lord's work. For what I am doing with you is awe-inspiring. So this is the Lord talking to Moses in verse 12. Be careful not to make a treaty with the inhabitants of the land that you are going to enter. So the Lord is going to send the people out and he's giving Moses instructions. Make sure, make sure you don't make a treaty with the inhabitants of the people in the lands that you'll be coming to. Otherwise, they will become a snare among you. Verse 13. Instead, you must tear down their altars, smash their sacred pillars, and chop down their shower poles, because the Lord is jealous for his reputation. You are never to bow down to another God. He is a jealous God. And so when we think of the word jealous, for us, it's a negative connotation here. Uh, but the word is saying that God is jealous. He, he's jealous. He's jealous for his worship. He doesn't want his people worshiping other things that he needs to be getting credited for. And so in verse 15, do not make a treaty with the inhabitants of the land. Or else they will prostitute themselves with their gods and sacrifice to their gods. They will invite you and you will eat their sacrifices. Then you will take some of their daughters as brides for your sons. Their daughters will prostitute themselves with their gods and cause your sons to prostitute themselves with their gods. And so God doesn't want this mixing of deity thing. And so he's given Moses instructions on telling what the people what to do. And more importantly, why? He's requiring it. He's not requiring it just to require it. He's requiring it because he doesn't want his people to be led astray. And so, because he knows their hearts. And so, uh, we move on to, uh, again, chapter 34, verse 28. Moses was there with the Lord, <coughs> up on the mount, 40 days and 40 nights. He did not eat food or drink water. 
He wrote the Ten Commandments, the words of the covenant on the tab on the tablet. And verse twenty nine, as Moses descended the mount, as Moses descended from Mount Sinai, with the two tablets of the testimony in his hands, he descended the mountain. He did not realize that the skin of his face shone as a result of his speaking with the Lord. When Aaron and all and all the Israelites saw Moses, the skin of his face shone. Moses was radiating the glory of God, and it was visible. In uh, chapter, or excuse me, in verse, what is this, 33, uh, when Moses had finished speaking with the people after he had descended from the mount, he put a veil over his face. But whenever Moses went to the Lord to speak with him, he would remove the veil until he came out. And so they could not, Moses knew they could not see the glory of God. It was too much for him. So he put a veil over their face. But when he went to the tent to speak to the Lord, he uncovered his face. And then in chapters 35, 36, 37, all the way to 39, basically, uh, we know that the Lord had given the Israelites instructions on how to build the tabernacle, the elements that went into the tabernacle, the ark, uh, the the lampshade, the table, and the clothes that the priests were to wear, the robes, the ephod, and other stuff. Uh, In these chapters, they're actually making them. So they're building the tabernacle. They're building the elements. Uh, they're doing everything according to the Lord's instructions. They're building the robes for the priest and whatnot. And in chapter 39 and verse 42, the Israelites had done all the work according to everything the Lord had commanded Moses. Moses inspected all the work they had accomplished. They had done just as the Lord commanded. Then Moses blessed them. So they did everything the Lord had commanded them to do. And then Moses blessed them because the work was excellent. And then in the last chapter of Exodus, in chapter 40, um, in verse 34, the Lord covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And so once the, t- uh, the tabernacle was done and tent of meeting, the Lord descended on the tent of the meeting. There was a cloud around it. In verse 36, the Israelites uh, set out whenever the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle throughout all the stages of their journey. In verse 37, if the cloud was not taken up, they did not set out until the day it was taken out for the Lord taken up for the Lord, uh, for the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day. And there was a fire inside the cloud by night, visible to the entire house of Israel throughout all the stages of their journey. And so the Lord went with Israel. When the Lord moved, Israel moved. Israel didn't move unless the Lord moved. And so the tabernacle and the cloud and the fire was always visible. And so with that, we'll be moving into Leviticus tomorrow. Bye-bye now.